Welcome to Alphabet Fly, an encyclopedic Marvel journey where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is a person with an alchemy gun. Arena. That's news to me. Where did I yeah. put this? I need it. This will be very useful in my day-to-day life. Hi. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Arena. You are new to this podcast, so mm-hmm. what? What's your? Well, how? How do you? How, you know, Marvel and comics and stuff. What? What have you been? What are you about? So, uh, when I was in grade eight, my teacher had a shelf full of um, what are they called? Trade paperbacks? Trade paperbacks? Where they? Yeah. That where they compile all, all the issues into like one big issue. Um, and it was mostly Ultimate Comics, because Ultimate was new at the time. And they also, he also had, like, a Marvel Compendium Encyclopedia book. And I read that. So that's most of my, like, Marvel comic experience. And then just lots of Wikipedia dives when I'm bored. Yeah, I like doing Wikipedia dives, but the reason why I do this podcast is because I realize I like the handbooks more because, you know, this is the whole. There's a reason why I have. I'm going to get a lot of the handbooks. Uh, but I basically learned how to read from com- from Marvel Comics. So, like. Nice. Yeah, so. My, uh, my great grandfather was one of those. Um, when he was going to. When he was going. When he was fighting in Japan, like he would actually have like Captain Americas and stuff, sh- like airmail to him. <laughs> like <laughs> that is the like, most precious shit. It is very. It was very great. Uh, luckily, he was able to instill that love in me before he uh, literally had Alzheimer's and uh, choked to death. Fuck. It was yeah, no, it was very very unfortunate. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, but yeah, I. I also wish I did not lose. <laughs> he also gave me like like a really nice edition of Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass. I guess 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 who lost the the box with of it when I was like ten. Parents? It was me. Oh, it was probably me. Actually, no, it was actually probably my mom. Why hey. was I, why would I be in charge of the moving boxes? Yeah, hey, you no, know, you know what? I should play my mom. Uh, but yeah, we are talking today about Chemistro. Chemistro. I'm guessing so, there's chemicals involved. Yes. So if if you if you were to make a character called Chemistro, what would you make? Just like the most mad scientist of mad scientists, you know, gray hair, goggles, beakers, throwing beakers, a gun that throws beakers, and just the most villainy of villainous. Well, I will say that you're totally wrong. You did not guess uh buff guy with a science gun <laughs> he's also okay. he's also happened to be a black character Ooh, which nice so but yeah can you describe his outfit uh he's got a like a mask around his eyes sort of the older style superhero mask around his eyes 
He's got the same sort of metal banding that, um... It's Colossus? Colossus, thank you. The, the, that guy around his, his arms and his legs and very, very bulgy, um, um, lower area. And a science gun. Yeah. Um, by the way, I will tell you that so far I've, I've done well, barely any of this book. And we've had more black characters than I've done in almost 600 episodes of the previous one. Nice. What, which, is, which handbook is this? This is the 89 update to the original one. Nice. So, three years before I was born. Okay, I, I think I just found that photo in color. And, uh, yeah, it's, it looks like metal banding and everything else is red. Yeah, um, so also, again, you did not mention the jaw that can cut glass. Like, man, they know how to really know how to draw some jaws and legs. Like, let me tell you, like, I don't know why I didn't realize I liked dudes earlier, like, in life, (laughs) because, like, because, like, I was exposed to so many really well-drawn, like, just dudes through comics, you know? So, also, also, they're all inherently homoerotic. (laughs) So... No, well, so Chemistro, uh, there's actually three of them, so we're going to be talking very briefly about all of them. There's not a lot here, because they don't haven't really done much, but we will be covering three people. Uh, so, we're, we're looking at the first one. It's Curtis Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is named Arch Morton. And then the third one is called Calvin Carr, brother of Curtis Carr. Okay, has did did the Marvel people ever like officially come out and say why so many characters have like the same letter for their first and last name? Um, I think that I think it's just a writerly thing, you know. It, it they they get they get away from that at, after a certain point, but yeah, like you just tell in that progression, like that they got away from it. Yeah, they like they get away from it eventually, but like for the most part, I don't know. Alliteration is is easy to remember. Mm. That being said, I do probably remember more Marvel superheroes' real names than I do in real actual people's <laughs> names. Yeah, that I, sounds- to the point to the point that I do that annoying nerd thing where I talk talk about the uh, the where I say the secret identity of the hero instead of what they actually are. Like I'm more likely yeah. to say Wanda, Wanda and Pietro than Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. I, I can info dump for hours about the lore of the Ace Combat series, but can I remember someone's name at at work when they uh, call into our tech supports? So his occupation, well, they're all occupations. All of them are his professional criminal, and also the first one was a research scientist, which means the other was was only criminals. Well, the, yeah, the first one did all the R and D. The other two just like stole the fancy gun, and like that was literally it. Like yeah, you, you guessed it. You guessed the whole lineage of this. <laughs> um, so all of them are citizens of the United States with criminal record. Uh, there are no other known aliases. Um, so the first one was single, and we don't know about the second or third one. I'm gonna well, get maybe it's. Yeah, I'm gonna assume single. Um, uh, Curtis and Calvin Carr are brothers. We don't, I guess, we don't know anything about Arch Morton. Uh, first one had no group affiliation. Second one was the employee of the Baron, which 
there is at least six barons. At least. I feel like I've read about the baron. uh, And it was confusing. See, the thing is, is that there's, like, there's multiple barons, and, like, I think two of them are vampires. So, like, I, you know, but it's, it's all uppercase, so it's the Baron, but whatever. Um, then we have, uh, the third one was an employee of Mingo, a gangster, who, you know, just a gangster. Just a, that Mingo? That is a, why do I, I mean, feel like that's a slur for something? It has, it has the flow of a slur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or... I think that'd be be a, a cute cat name or something like that. You know, like Mingo. Maybe someone accidentally missaid Mango. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, it's Mingo. You know, whatever. Um, so, first, so we're going to cover all the first appearances here. But the first one showed up in Power Man issue number 12. The second one showed up in Power Man issue number 37. The third one showed up in Power Man in the Iron Fist 94. And while I am getting this for you, I'm gonna we're gonna be showing you all this. Um, the Power Man, which actually did they rename? No, it's supposed to be Luke Cage here for hire. Okay, um, oh, okay. I was thinking like Power Man sounds familiar, but they didn't call him Power Man in the series. That's my well, only experience with with Cage. Well, he he was technically called Power Man. Was he technically? Yes, but it was Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, and then at um, issue 50, they made it Heroes for Hire, and it was Power Man and Iron Fist. Mm, okay. But that that's weird. I don't know why they... Maybe they renamed it? Or something? Like a retroactive know. rename? Yeah. Maybe. That's weird, though, because it was a very popular series. But, but uh, basically what happened is um, you had... Uh, Iron Man and Power and I mean sorry, Power Man, Power Man and Iron Fist—they're both very popular. Mm-hmm. They both did that whole, you know, the black exploitation kung fu thing. You know, that was very popular in the seventies. Um, and at issue fifty for both of them, they just combined into one, making yeah. one of the better friendships in in comics. Like was, I love love them together. Was Iron Fist like a good comic because? The the series like the the TV series was not good. Okay, so taking aside taking aside the problematic parts, let me tell you, it's a problematic vape. I will one hundred percent. I'm I understand the whole like white savior learns kung fu, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I understand that, but I like the comic. Um, Danny Rand is a like actually a pretty good character. I like mm-hmm. him a lot. There is a lot of orientalism, orientalism in it, and I will 100%, I understand. That is, it's on me, I still like it, though, but, you know, I understand it. It's, you know, you should, you should be able to have problematic faves as long as you're blah, 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 you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just like me being a leftist and liking comic books because they're technically inherently fascist, but whatever. You know, I still enjoy them, I understand. But, Iron Man, but uh, but uh, crap! I hate that their names are so close to other people's names. Mm-hmm. Um, but Iron Fist is a good comic. Cool. If yeah. you can look past the Orientalism, which I will understand if you can't. 
one hundred percent. There's understand. so much Orientalism in comics. I'm not a comic reader, and I know about it. Like just the freaking Mandarin. Um, yeah, I'm gonna just. Oof, I don't want to get into that. Part. That's entirely understandable. Well, it's not as bad as the Yellow Claw. What? Mm, yeah, if you want to listen to a real racist uh, character, go listen to the Yellow Claw episode I did. Oh um, boy, but, I'm just gonna but, look at a photo real quick. It's but, bad. Okay. Yeah, that's the first one. That's the first cover. Um, I'm gonna see if I can get a better uh, image of it because we do have cover piece theater. Cover piece theater. Uh, to set the scene, we have, I'm going to say, a pretty good cover. This is a good cover. I would 100% buy this off the spinner rack. So first off, you have, you have, uh, you have Luke Cage um, breaking down, breaking, breaking the glass ceiling. Okay, I am right now immediately confused, because if you look at the background, this is clearly an office. But he's breaking down through a window. So does this office have, like, a glass floor? Also, it seems like Chemestro, which is who, who is shooting at the glass, is... Oh, wait, no, I, I just read the, the, the caption, or the, 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 the oh. thought bubbles. He turned the floor into glass. Okay, okay that see, makes more I was, sense. I was, see, I was wondering, because there are women in this on this cover. I'm just like, are they doing the metaphor, but for real? No, he just he, he turned the floor into glass, probably non-tempered glass, so that uh yeah. cage would fall down through. Um yeah. I am curious how uh chemistro is it chemistro or chemistro? I really can't tell. Chem chemistro? It's like chemistry, but trusto okay. at the end. Cool. Yeah. It, he is slightly floating off yeah. the page. The 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 like, I'm not to say, this is a good cover, it's just the more you look at it, you could pick out things. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, it's still a good cover. It's it's a good cover for a medium in which, every, like, how often do they put up out individual issues? Every week? Uh, well, I mean, it'd be monthly or bi-monthly, depending on or, how popular the comic was. Yeah, so, like, they had to put, like, just put a cover out every two to four weeks. This... For that kind of like throughput, that's pretty good. Especially if they have if they have more than one series to work oh, on. Nope, nope, they definitely did. Nope, this was the seventies. Everyone had like five books to work on. Mm -hmm. um, but no, this is a good cover. It's just the the it looks it looks like they're giants. I'll just say that they you know this like, is, yeah they don't look like that's a floor below this. They he looks like he's falling into a diorama. Yeah. Um, but, but to be fair, you, if you want to look at the cover, you can go to at alphabet flight on Twitter and Instagram to see both chemistro and, um, and the cover. But, uh, I, I really, I really like the rendering. Um, and I will, and, uh, the chemistro, he turned like they, they shooting the glass floor slash ceiling, making a weird metaphor. <laughs> I guess. Is this a, is this a different is this one of the, like the second or third chemistro? Because that's not the same costume that we were looking at. This is the first one. Hmm, they must have changed his costume, I guess. Because this one yeah. is green with the metal banding on the arms being yellow. 
and a weird, like, atom symbol on the chest, and a mask, like, full face mask. Yeah, but, uh, but, um, yeah, this came out in August 1973. It's issue number 12 of Hero for Hire, and its name is just Chemistro. Or it might be Kim Maestro, because Maestro, you, you know, that's probably what they're going for. You know, okay, if they were going to, if they wanted to go for that, they could put, could have put an A and an E in there. They could have. Um, but, uh, but what, uh, Kim, Kimistro is, is saying, it's, it's, you, you're you through cage courtesy of Kimistro through and, spelled uh, T-H-R-U. I mean, they mean there's limited space. I'm going to yeah. be honest. I mean, that's what I, I mean. I know I technically know how to spell it, but you know, I, I, th- I think a lot of grammar, a lot of grammar is actually classist and, and mm. slightly racist. So I uh, do not respect it. I, I'm not saying it's bad. It just seems odd. Like that's not something I would s- think I would see in a comic. Eh, you know, they do a lot of stuff. Um, and uh, Luke Cage is thinking he ain't kidding. He turned the Florida into glass right under my feet, and I weigh 300 pounds, and I'm gonna hit. When I hit, I'm gonna hit hard. The thing is, um, you're you're bullet, you're fine, you're fine, dude, you're fine. He's like, gonna fall one floor. As if if my understanding of Luke Cage is correct, he's he's fine. Like it's you have to you have to use surgical lasers like just to get through a skin. Like you know he can take he could you know a car can hit him. You know that's not gonna be anything. But that being to be fair though, this is like the twelfth appearance of him, so mm-hmm. no, maybe that's part of it. But um, and then the next one, because again we have so uh, so the second one, uh, this is um, Morton, the the Aaron Morton or Arch Morton. Uh, this this one showed up, uh, you know, a couple of years later, in November nineteen seventy six. And I issue number thirty-seven. In um, issue number thirty-seven, uh, Chemistro is back and deadly, or deadlier than ever. And this is a pretty good action shot. So we have uh, we have just a normal background and Luke Luke Cage, Power Man. That might be why they did a mid. They changed this series names a lot. If you didn't guess, it was yeah. here. It was here for hire. Reading power. Wikipedia I, on various like comics when I'm bored on a night shift, that I notice that a lot. They actually yeah. change up the names. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, but Luke is doing a real good front flip into uh, through the roof of a car. Uh, apparently, it's all new, pulse pounding action, cage enraged like you've never seen him. And it's a pretty good cover as well. Yeah, I actually, I actually do like this. It's like, yeah, like I said, it's a good like, not what's the word time lapse? Not time lapse. It's it's like it, there's multiple frames of action in one drawing, and it's it conveys the movement very well. I like how the driver of this car has terrible trigger discipline, um, and there's there's no license plate, so there. They're I mean, irresponsible drivers. I mean, they're. I mean, they are probably like robbers or something. But I will also say this is this is just this is me. This this is just me, and I'm not. 
advocating for this. But if you steal from places that are insured, technically it's a net positive for both because they're insured. You get the money. If you get away, like it's a victimless crime, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, that be you know, not not mom and pop shops, but you know, jewelry stores are like insured for robberies, you know, so are banks. No. If you rob a bank and like traumatize all the people inside, like that's different. You should <laughs> be like punished for traumatizing the people inside because they're victims but no one else is the bank is not a victim the bank is not people yeah well i mean technically they are according to citizen united but you know that's there's just another reason why america sucks Mm -hmm. um so uh the last one uh is again this is the third name change we are doing by the way, um, so this is Power Man and Iron Fist, issue number 93, came out in May 1983, uh, sorry. and uh, it's the Chemistro Connection, and this is also a pretty good cover. Um, we have what looks like a gun shooting, I'm guessing a road of some sort. I... They look like they might be in space. Like, my first thought when I see this is, like, the Bifrost, but... No, there'd be rainbows, though. Rainbow. I don't mean, like, literally the Bifrost, but, like, like, like something similar to that. You know, Space Road. But, that being said, we do have Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist, and they are uh, on the edge of a road that's being melted. And the wonderful thing about this is, like, uh, the Iron Fist, the, the logo... Is like melting. Yeah, that's really that. I, I I am impressed by that. Uh, messing with logos is my one of the things I, I really enjoy. I love it. It's such a cheap thing you can do as well. Just like, oh wow, they're doing something real big. Like, like they've done the whole thing where the Hulk smashes through his logo a million times, but I love it each time. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. real good. It, it's like it's like whatever you do, like the silhouetted uh, Thor and with like lightning, and it says like "Krakoom" as a splash page. They've done it a million times, but I love it. You know, it's one of those. I just I just really love me. I just really love a silhouetted lightning shot that's a splash page with a big like you know just across the board. Great, love it. I'm looking at look at the. Like Iron Iron Fist and Power. I was about to call him Iron Man when the word Iron Fist is right in front of me. I think I did a diagonal read. Iron Man and Power Fist. Uh, they got energy lines around them, so I'm wondering if are they like are they being shot by it as well and being like affected by a weird science gun? Because if if I was chemistry, I would just chemistry. I would just shoot my target and turn them into something that is not you know, sustainable of life. Um, I, f- I feel like that's uh, too straightforward for a villain to do. I yeah. mean, like, you know, if you're good enough, like, I mean, Spider-Man is real flexible, but he can't, like, dodge, like, five miniguns. Like, you know. You know, like, you know, it'd be real easy. Like, he's not bulletproof. Yeah, he's I guess it also... <laughs> It depends on, like, uh, the demeanor of the villain, I guess. Are they willing to kill, or are they just, like, a, you know, make stop the hero so they stop bothering me for the, for the duration of this scheme? So, 
Um, yeah, so let's let's get actually started on this one. We just had three characters. The three the ones that have multiple characters are always gonna take longer. Um in it, but yeah. So uh Curtis Carr was a research scientist who worked for Mainstream Motors, an automotive manufacturing company. Growing dissatisfied with his duties, he began working on his own project and developed an alchemy gun, which he could transmute substances. Uh, he showed the device to Horace C. Claymore. Comic book ass name right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the company president, and, but insisted on owning it. Claymore insisted that since Carr invented the gun on company time, it belonged to Mainstream Motors. When Carr refused to turn over the gun or the secret of how it worked, Claymore fired him. Like, yeah, that's always don't show your inventions to people. Like, this is the I'm not like that. You could change out the proper nouns for that, and you can. That's like half the Spider-Man villains. Yeah, if if you invent (laughs) something and you're working for a company, just make sure that there's no proof that you invented it. Quit the company, survive as uh, like two months. On, like, your savings, and then fucking, in, like, show your new invention. Yeah, don't don't show it to your boss, because they're, because, again, like, you don't Bosses matter suck. to them. Well, you don't matter to them, because you're just the part of the meat churn that, that capitalism is. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they are petite bourgeoisie, they still believe that you are no, no, uh, no better than, you know, like a cow. Or something. You're just there to produce capital for them. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you so, are a, uh, a labor extrusion device. Yep. I mean, that's close enough. I mean, you know, meat. I mean, I did. I mean, meat churn. That's technically not a thing, but you know, it's close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, bent on vengeance, Carr began to a program of physical training, and eventually began attacking mainstream motors with his alchemy gun in the guise of the costume. Criminal Chemestro. Claymore hired Luke Cage, also known as Power Man, to defend the company from Chemestro. Well, oh God, that's if you're a superhero, don't work for a company. Jesus Christ. To, to be to be fair, like that was his whole thing, and he was like one of the first superheroes to get paid for his job. Oh right, that he, he does. was like, literally a hero for hire. Right. Yeah, and you know he always turned it around. And he did, and he did still, he did still, uh, read Richard's, uh, car to fly to Latveria to shake down Dr. Doom for 200 bucks. <laughs> so, you know, I'm okay with that. You know, he's, he's a white collar worker and he knows what his worth is. And if you do something that's worth 200 bucks, he's, he will commit multiple international crimes to get to you. Um, but yeah, he, uh. Yeah, Luke Cage, you know, was grappling with him, and Chemistro accidentally fired his gun at his own foot, transmuting it into steel. However, the transmutations of, affected by the alchemy gun was un, uh, unstable. Once Chemistro's foot was exposed to that day's hot sun for more than a few minutes, it crumbled into dust. The shock of being uh, crippled left Carr and a broken man, and he was taken into police custody. Wow, that sucks. Ow. Yeah. Well, so, hey, car was. At least we know that the gun does affect people. So, if anybody was evil enough, they could use it that way. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
While Carr is in prison, another convict, Art Morton, beat him into revealing the secrets of how the alchemy gun worked. Upon being released from prison, Morton began building his own alchemy gun, but it accidentally exploded in his left hand, giving that hand the power to transmute substances. Thus, Morton became the second chemistro. I was going to say, like, at least the second chemistro built his own gun, but no, he actually just failed to build his gun, and by, like, sheer luck, like, comic logic happened, and his hand is now a gun. A well, the, alchemy gun. The, well, we did just cover a character whose, whose arm and one of his hands is literally a gun. And he was, he was a priest and in the CIA. Oh my God. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, a good old, a good old uh, fashion, um, I'm making a science thing and it exploded. So now, I'm, now I have the power of that thing. I want more villains where they, or like characters where they just make the science thing and use the science thing to be hero or villain, but they aren't hyper rich. You know, that happens. That happens. Like, uh, most of the time, the Tinkerer builds a suit, and then they get shocked by lightning, and then all of a sudden, they become living light. Yeah, I remember that um, Ultimate Iron Man, like, uh, when Stark was a teen, he did actually build, like, his first, like, prototype suit in high school, in, like, the shop. But that was because he was, like, actually a hyper genius from his entire body being made of brain cells or something. I I will say like you know the ultimate universe like I like how you know, it could get a little like edgy for edgy's sake every once in a while but like I like a lot of it but I don't like Ultimate Iron Man I don't know what it is I don't like the suit designs I don't like his thing whatever I don't know that's me maybe I need to go back and reread it but mm-hmm. uh, he went to work for a crime lord known as the Baron who had him attack uh, Luke, uh, Luke Cage and and tell him not to interfere with the rival crime lord known as Big Brother. In this way, the Baron hoped to induce Cage to go after Big Brother, thereby ridding himself of a principal rival. Carr also was released uh, from prison by this time, and having been reformed, built a nullifier for Cage to use against the new Chemistro. Cage uh, struck the nullifier to uh, Chemistro, causing the criminal's powers to cease to function. The second Chemistro went to prison, and Cage defeated the Baron and Big Brother as well. Nice. Much later, Curtis Carr built a new alchemy gun, although he had no plans to return to crime. His younger brother, Calvin, stole the gun and became the third Chemistro. He hired... He hired himself out to a gangster named Mingo to uh, run his operation of stealing and reselling drugs from chemical companies. One of these companies hired Power Man and his partner Iron Fist for protection. The two of them battled uh, the third Chemistro, who at one point used his gun to turn... Uh, their friends, Culling Wing and Bob Diamond, uh, to glass. Oh, come on. You, you could have turned Bob Diamond into Diamond. That would have been the... Be- Ugh. Mm, you know. 
uh, Bob, Bob was not Diamond. He was the fake Diamonds, you know. Um, Power Man and Iron Fist defeated the new Chemistro, who, however, escaped capture. Curtis Carr found a new means of reversing the gun's effects and turned Wing and Diamond back to normal. In gratitude, Iron Fist recommended Carr for a job at Stark International, the firm now known as Stain International. So, that's that's it. Um, I'm not going through all their stuff. Um, the one of them did have superpowers, as we discussed. The second chemistro, Arch Morton, did get the powers to transmute stuff with his with one of his hands, but that was nullified. Was it was it a like a ranged power, or do you have to hit something? He had to touch it. Oh, what? That's. I would have like finished making the gun, or like made a gauntlet that channeled your power into like well, I mean like I mean his hand was like literally transmuted into a thing that could only be used to to transmute stuff. Like you couldn't mm-hmm. use the hand except to touch things limply or solidly. So you know. Um and they had an alchemy gun. It you know alchemy. Wow it's magic. Basically you know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's chemistry. So, yep. Uh, do you have anything else to say about this character before we go to plugs? Hmm. I mean, it just seems like the like the evolution of like people inventing things. You know, somebody invents something good and they get screwed over, and then somebody find get finds that thing, tries to replicate it, and royally screws up. And then that first person tries to use that thing for good again, or that thing for good, and then their asshole brother steals it. This just sounds like a typical, like, corporate primetime drama, just with alchemy involved. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't mess with the, don't mess with the formula that works, you know? Mm-hmm. It works. It works real good. Like, again, like... I'm not. I'm not saying that comics are always the most creative outlet for stuff, but I'm just saying, like you know, I'm not going to get tired of a Spider-Man villain that gets uh, in a lab accident and gets animal po- uh, powers. You know, as long as they're do- as long as they're done good. You mm-hmm. know, but but that yeah, that's pretty much it. Though. So um, yeah, you have anything to plug? Uh, pluggables. Um, I make music. You can find me soundcloud.com slash viridian music or at viriana.bandcap.com that's v-i-r-i-a-n-a i make weird chiptune with uh obsolete hardware okay well that my no name well, i mean there's at least one person who listen <laughs> <laughs> well my my name is jesse i have another podcast called creepy critters where i talk about cryptids in somewhat lurid ways uh, Arena was on one episode. I think it was the plants episode. Yeah, yeah plants part two. Uh, which, yeah, you, we you got, should have me on that show again. That was fun. Yeah, that's you know I talk about you know I just talk about cryptids in that one. Uh, if you want to support me uh, monetarily, you can go to uh, Patreon.com/AlphabetFlight. If you want to see the characters and some pictures of the uh, relating to those characters. You can go to at Alphabet Flight on Twitter and Instagram. And this has been Alphabet Flight. May Conchu protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Bye.
Thank you.